Hi everyone, I'm Rich. I'm Matt. And this is Overdramatic, Tales of a Starving Artist. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at Overdramatic the Podcast and on Twitter at OverdramaticTP. Today we were thinking that we would share with you guys a little bit about our first acting experiences uh, and just kind of what all they entailed, as well as getting into the more professional side and how we got into the professional acting sphere, but specifically just kind of starting out with our very first ever acting experience. So... Rich, what was yours like? So hang on tight here, guys. Uh, My very first ever acting experience, I guess I technically had one in first grade where I had like a little play part or whatever, but to be completely honest, I don't really remember that, not gonna lie. So uh, we'll just, we'll we'll delve into the uh, nurturing days of my middle school years. Oh boy. Those are exciting. (laughs) So... I actually played Jesus in, yes, in a church play. That was oh. the first ever, <laughs> and it was in front of my entire church. And when I say there was a lot of people, it was a full house. I had by far the most dialogue, and I, like, I mean, I apologize for any religious fanatics out there or anything like that. All religion aside, like, we did the cross and everything. I mean, it was a fully, like, interactive play. Like we went We went through the scenes and everything. It was wow. really ridiculous, <laughs> honestly. Um, just by how... Because you figure we're middle schoolers. Like, we don't right. even know what we're doing up there. <laughs> and it went really, really well. That's amazing. <laughs> um, that... And I did like a couple other little middle school ones, but that was the one that really stood it. That was, that was like, okay, like, because I had parents actually come up to me like after the show and they're like, like, that was really impressive and like all these things. And I'm like, okay. What did you, did you just have like a fake beard? Like, how did that look? So they had me dressed in all white for okay. one, like a white, it was almost like a hospital gown type robe type of thing. It okay. was, it was like what you would picture Jesus to be wearing. Right. Like it wasn't anything, uh, outside of that. It's exactly what you're thinking. Right. And I, I believe they gave me the wig and they gave me the crown of thorns and all that. That's, oh my Lord. And that's it, insane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> passion of the Christ for middle schoolers. <laughs> Rated R for bloody gore and violence. <laughs> yeah. Right there in the, uh, church auditorium. We Directed had like. By Mel Gibson. <laughs> I think he was there. Yeah, I think so. I guess my priest kind of reminds me of him. Um. But yeah, that's awful, though, because I haven't been to a church. That was probably, like, one of the last church things I went to. That's crazy. And And you were the star. I was a wee lad. You were a wee lad. That just had so much going for him. That's amazing. But I didn't know what to do with it. (laughs) But how about you? Tell us about your, uh, your first experience. Um... My first experience, I've always thought that it was it would be a fantastic idea, but like I said in our introduction, my first ex- real, like, real experience on the stage wasn't until I was like 17, I believe, 16, 17. I played the Sheriff of Nottingham in a knockoff Robin Hood comedy. Okay. So it was, it was a community theater. Okay, so you think of community theater, you think of like those like little plays that are terrible and all the actors are bad and everything, but like... It was in this, like, little auditorium at the Wayne Center for the Arts in Worcester, Ohio. And uh, I got the role of the Sheriff of Nottingham. And we just, like, got up there. And it was was actually a pretty funny play. We had this this big guy as Little John that had, like, dreads in the whole nine yards. This big black guy (laughs) as, as Little John. Yeah. I was in the middle of our last performance. I was in the middle of our sword fight at the end of... Because, like, it all culminates in one big sword fight at the end of the play. I've actually never seen Robin Hood as bad as that sounds. Are you serious? I have, like... I was probably okay, so young. Yeah, I've seen the Disney okay, one, but okay. I haven't seen, like, Robin Hood, Robin Hood. Right. Like, it's been a minute. They haven't done too many good... 
like, like reboots reboots of it though okay. like since the disney one it's crazy okay yeah but anyway yeah so we got in the end of this this entire fight scene and everything and there was like dialogue so you had to like kind of mime like you were sword fighting all that stuff mm-hmm. well what there was one moment where we hit swords and the end of the sword just flew off <laughs> like into the audience like it broke like, off it broke off yeah. and we're just standing there like looking at it like uh, because we can't do? continue yeah. with the scene. So I end up saying one of his lines because it's the only one I can think <laughs> of when I'm 17 on the stage. Oh, this is when you were 17? This is when I was 17. Okay, yeah. wow, wow. And so I forget what he said, but like he like said his line back to me again or something. Like we just said the same line to each back other. Back and forth. Back and forth because I had said his line and that was his line. So yeah and like it ended and we were by the by the end of it we were just like this is a mess like what are we even doing did you guys end up like like, going through with it though like finishing the play oh yeah we finished the play we somehow i don't even remember how but we ended up finishing the play and like all thought it was hilarious and like the audience loved it of course except probably the one guy the end of the sword flew on i don't remember that part hits him in the face exactly (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was my first acting experience was playing little john and breaking my sword on stage with dread little john well, that it sounds like both of our first experiences were like really intense, just in different <laughs> they really ways. Were it like, kind of? It's funny because it kind of set the stage for the rest of our career so far. Kind of intense, kind of crazy and wacky, and like, why do I have a beard, or why yeah. is my sword broken? Just, just very like weird. Like right. I don't know. It's weird beginnings, you know. Mm-hmm. So now that we got our kind of first acting experiences out of the way. I think what we should probably mention is how did we know that this is something we wanted to keep kind of pursuing? Because I know that you mentioned that you you were 17 when right. you did your first role. Right. I was like 12 right. when I first did mine. So it's kind of like, <laughs> what is it about it, about acting that just makes you want to be like, I want more? Right. Well, it's funny because like, I feel like actors that are born to be actors they are just that they're born to be actors like it's something that is within them from like the very first memory that they have you know or it's just something that's within them because like even though for me my first acting experience was when i was 17 i'd always wanted to do it and it always you know looked at movies and looked at just it was just something that i always wanted to pursue i just never had the opportunity to do it till i was 17 so like it goes back to the very beginning of for me of my life yeah you know and i can definitely agree with that especially you think like artists like i have a i have a friend he is an insane artist like uh drawing he's amazing at drawing like literally everything he touches is just gold right i mean even at a very young age like he would do these insane murals i mean they were just absolutely ridiculous and especially for his age so like he's one of those type of people that like he just, he sees it. He doesn't need any explanation. He didn't need any kind of training, anything like that. He just, he puts paper to pen or pen to paper, I should say. He puts <laughs> pen to paper. Right. And he just creates. Okay. And it, I think he just puts a lot of his own time into it. And like, granted, you know, you don't see that, right. that time that he does put in it. But I'm sure it was a lot of days when he was a kid, just drawing, just doodling. Yeah. And he just kind of clung on to it and just ran with it. No questions. Because when you're a kid, you don't have those kind of like uh, distractions. Like, hmm, am I good? Am I not? You just do it because you enjoy it. Well, I think that's one of the things that 
I would love to see more people in general, more artists especially, because this is what we're doing. I'd love, but I'd love to see more people in general just have the mindset of a child like that to be able to run with something. They're just something that they love, whether it's baking, whether it's working on cars, whether it's acting, whether it's writing, whether you know, whatever it might be. I wish people would, and I mean myself included because oftentimes we get so worked up and yeah. well, is this you know gonna make us money is this you know we're, we're professionals uh, whatever well now we have bills you know what uh, i mean like bills. it's different it's like true. when you're an adult it's like hmm i might starve right exactly so. well I, but I, I wish that more of us had that mindset where like we can pay our bills we can get all that stuff done but like more of the mindset of i just want to do it because it's fun that childlike mindset almost like innocent like no an innocent fear. mindset yeah right, an innocent mindset without fear without fear of failing at whatever they're wanting to do you know so often it just remains a an unlived desire and i think that's so sad yeah no i completely agree and and you mentioned that and that's actually how i knew that i wanted to do this really is because when i was a kid and it it brought me that sense of i just i loved it i don't know what it was right. about it i loved it all the lights you up yeah like yeah. i loved like and i was really kind of quiet and awkward as a kid oh, in the sense yeah. like I had a friend group but it was kind of the same friends like mm-hmm. I never really put myself out there but man when I was on that stage and I had that attention and you get the applause after and everything right. like that it just something just clicks yeah. and it just makes sense and there's n- absolutely no way that I can describe the feeling but I just knew that that this this is the feeling I'm chasing right and I every time I would act and granted like I've had bad acting experiences as well. You know, I've flopped on things. I mean, we're all human, but it's just, I think we're always just chasing that. Like, you know what it's, you get a taste. Right. And you know. And I think, I think for anyone who might be questioning whether they want to pursue is specifically a life as an actor, but I mean, a life as an artist in general, I'm assuming they're pretty much the same. But, like, I find one of the earmarks of people who are good actors, who are born to be actors, who, you know, that are just given that path in life, that's their experience. They're like, it just gives them so much joy in life. It just lights them up. Yeah, it's and- like, it's like almost like, uh, it's like flipping a switch. Right. Like a happy switch. Exactly. It sounds stupid, but it, it just gives you so much joy in life. Yeah. And, like, if that's something that, you know, any of you audience members out there, if that's something that you guys have been, thinking about, you know, acting or pursuing some other creative venture or whatever, does it make you happy? Does it light you up like that? Because if it does, I think that's the very first and biggest indicator that maybe this is something that you should start to pursue, whether it's to go on and be a professional at it or not, you know, either way. If you feel that kind of jolt. If you feel that jolt, you must pursue it because it's something that's within the bedrock of your soul. If your soul is asking for it, then you have to do it. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And And I think that that's actually like that falls in line with I almost want to call it like the crazy spark because you explain it to someone else and it's just like, what are you talking about? Because like, I, I always explain it like this, any form of art and doing it and the, the fulfillment that you get out of it, it's almost in line with, for example, riding a bike. Yeah. You ride a bike, you love it. And then you have to go and you have to tell someone I love riding bikes, but the person you're telling doesn't even know what a bike is. Or maybe they do know what a bike is and they've never ridden one. And they're just like, what are you so crazy about with this bike? Like, why do you love it so much? And like, I think people that are per se not 
artistic, they get that same sort of fulfillment from things like sports, you know, other things right. that they do. And that's totally fine. Absolutely. Like, I think it just depends on if you're a creative or not. You know, some people are very analytical. My father, for example, would tell me stories of him like doing calculus in his dreams and he loved math in, in its entirety. And that you, makes me ill. Yeah. You show me <laughs> numbers and I get sick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but same. now let me ask you this. So how how did you know that this is, because I told mine, I was 12, you know, I was in that general age range and it's just, it's always kind of that, that feeling that I'm chasing that sense of, because it is, it is, it is a very full feeling, right? I guess would be the word. It's, you know, when you achieve something or when you're doing that sort of thing, you just feel full, right? You know, you're satiated, satiated. I cannot talk today, (laughs) but now tell me about your, how you knew. Well, it's funny because like, I guess there have been a couple little markers that led up to the moment that I specifically knew that this was, I don't even know if you want to call it a calling in life, but I almost feel like it is because I feel like it's something that's just given to you, you know? Like there were a couple of moments, one of my very first memories, I remember telling my mom, I want to be an artist. Now that was more of a drawing because I used to draw a lot, like you know, cartoons and Mickey Mouse before acting, but way before acting. I was like five or six. Okay, that's like all I would do. Yeah. Um. So I wanted to be an animator for a long time, and then I read about Jim Henson and wanted to become a Muppeteer. So I started like making Muppets, basically, you know, buying the felt and all this stuff. Uh, and then after that, very crafty, very, very crafty. <laughs> um, after that, though, I remember the the movie that really caught my attention was the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie with Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, that really kind of caught my eye. It was like this. That would be incredible to do that. So that's know, like the movie living. that did it for that you. really did it for okay. me. And then so, uh, you know, I got away from it for a while, got went to college, came back and everything and was like, I, I kind of want to do this. So ended up uh, signing with an agency and everything and still not really sure if it was the direction I wanted to take for the rest of my life or if I wanted to go into something else. But I remember the moment specifically. I went to see by myself. I had a free ticket to go see Pitch Perfect 2 of all the movies. <laughs> not that's, even like... That's intense. It could even be like a Forrest Gump or something that was like, a, you know, an incredible film. Well, I mean, it was when you were older too. Right. So it's like... True. Yeah. But so I went by myself to see Pitch Perfect 2. As I was walking out of the theater, I stopped at the little, uh, like the median in between uh, the cars and the, the theater there. And for some reason, I don't remember why, I looked back at the posters that were on the wall And it just, I was just filled with an instant, like, knowledge, determination, hunger. I don't even know what to call it. But it was just there in my soul that I'm going to be up there someday. Yeah. And that feeling has never gone away since that moment. For a few days after that, I was, uh, it was was weird. It was almost like a high. Yeah. Where it was just, like, there and so powerful and so strong that this was what I was meant to do. And since then, I've continued to chase that that high, that feeling, that that love of it. Yeah, you know, that and full feeling. It was that like, moment that I knew, that it was made clear to me that this is actually the path that I'm supposed to take. That that love for the craft is meant to carry into the rest of your life and into the rest of your career and into the rest of everything. And it's you know? funny you say that too because it it always pulls you back. Always, there even was, if you get away from it. Yep, because yeah. I took a. Uh, a hiatus, a break yeah. from acting. Some like family things happened, or I completely 
to be completely honest, don't even remember what happened, but I fell yeah. out of it. I fell out of doing it. I fell out of thinking I could do it. You know, I just kind of pushed it to the back of my mind right. for years. I would say probably five years at least. And it's still there. You know, yeah. you can push it away. You can say you don't want to do it. You can say it's not for me. But once you get that taste, once you get that high, you know in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. In and your it, heart of hearts. Yeah. And it. It doesn't have to make sense. And right. I think that's why people think like, oh, like, oh, my God, this person is crazy. They think they can actually do it because in in a creative mind, you can. Exactly. There is nothing stopping. It's you. really not that far fetched in no. a creative's mind. And I think, again, going back to talking to some of our audience members, guys, if if you have something, especially creative, again, this could be anything in life, but since we're specifically talking about acting and creatives, you know, specifically want to talk to you guys. Music, writing, exactly, I mean, yeah. Anything. Drawing, painting, yeah. poets, uh, whatever it might be out that's out there. I've been working on writing, guys. I'm not trying to just do it for school papers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, if you guys, if you have put it off for a while or kind of turned it off for a little while because you think it's, uh, you've been told that it's some crazy far-fetched dream or something, and yet it always seems to come back to you or it's always there nagging in your mind. Listen to it. Listen to it. Guys, that's another earmark that this is something that you're supposed to do. Again, who knows if it's going to be on a professional level or on a, a smaller level, or maybe you'll just, you know, write a few short stories or paint a few pictures or something like that, whatever it might be, for some reason, this is a part of you. This is in you. Do this. It's calling to you. You have to do it if it's that deep within you and keeps coming back to you. And I think something that we also need to kind of mention here too is just because you have that nagging feeling, you know, we get it, especially if, you know, you're an adult, you have bills to pay, et cetera. There is a very... Not even a big difference, but I guess in how you approach this, you can do this as a hobby. This doesn't have to be for a living. Absolutely. What we're just trying to say is go after your passions. You know, it's it's, it's tugging on your coat sleeve for a reason because it's, it's what you're supposed to be doing. You know, you know what you like. Granted, now we are pursuing this as for a living. Exactly. Right. But, but that wasn't always the case exactly. because at the beginning, again, even before I had my moment at the movie theater, before Rich had his his moments and everything. As Jesus. As Jesus, exactly. <laughs> this was just a hobby for us. We were just doing it for the fun of it. And we still do it for the fun of it. It's on another level now. But we love it so much. Like we have so much fun with it that how cool would it be to just be able to have fun for a living. Exactly. You know, it's, exactly. And there's more to it. Like things get muddled as very they always do. Very, very technical. Industry related. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, but it comes with the territory. It's still fun. Exactly. And it should be. It's still great. The core of it is still the love of the craft. Exactly. And I think as you need to approach it in a, in a way that it doesn't lose its charm, that it doesn't lose, that you don't lose your spark. Right. If you don't want to pursue writing or painting or drawing for a living, that's totally fine. But right. if you've been given the gift to do it, you should absolutely do it. Chase that high, even if it's just for, for fun. You. Yeah, for, for you. Fun. It doesn't for have you. to be for everyone else. You know, no. we want to share this with everyone, but that's that's just how we are. That's just us. And there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. Exactly. I fully agree. I think one thing to keep in mind is that none of this happens quickly. 
especially when you're first starting out in this industry or in any artistic industry, you want things to happen so fast. You want to have some kind of a sign that this is the path that you're supposed to be on. And you start to look for, uh, for being a master too quickly, I think. So often we we just try to we just try to do too much. Yeah, because if you think about it, you you always see the end result. Right. You know, you never see the the hike to the top of the mountain. You always see the picture of the person at the top of the mountain. Exactly. And I think that that's unfair to do that to yourself because I mean, like Tom Hanks, for example, uh, he's been at this for what, like thirty plus years, something like. That. I mean, does anyone talk about his beginning struggle? Not really, Not and that's really. the kind of thing. Since he's one of my heroes, that's one one of the people that I look to all the time as someone to aspire to be like. But for me to put myself in his shoes and be like, well, I'm not as good as he was in Sully or you know, one of his most recent films, that's doing me a disservice because I'm just putting myself down. You're putting I'm the pedestal too high. Years, exactly. Yeah. You're putting the pedestal way too high for where you're at right yeah. now. You, need to, you almost need to take the failure with grace in a exactly. sense. And, and that, um, that just comes along with the territory of loving yourself. That's a, another thing that we don't do a lot as people in general is just love ourselves. But you need to take that time to be okay with failing to be okay with having it, you know, your steps be steps. You're not going to be at the top of the mountain immediately. You have to take those hiking steps. Some are going to be steeper than others. That's fine. That's just the nature of the journey. Give yourself that grace. It is a marathon, not a sprint. And you should treat it as such. Take care of yourself along the way. Exactly. And uh, self-love is especially important for us artists because I feel that we are harder on ourselves than most average people, you and, think about it. And not only are we harder on ourselves than most average people, but you get so little validation and love from a lot of times from the world around you when you're saying that you want to go into an artistic field. Yeah. Because it's just so hard to make it and people don't understand how it could how you could possibly make it. Uh, a lot of the times it's out of love, you know, it's family or whoever that just wants the best for you by saying, Hey, you may want to try something safer, but those loving comments can often be taken in a way that's you're not good enough, that you're not good enough. Exactly. So I think especially for artists work on loving yourself and by having grace with yourself when you aren't as, um, uh, when you aren't a master yet, when you first started. Yeah, be you know that I mean? awkward baby deer. Exactly, it. yeah. Um, it's funny because me and my dad actually had a conversation and and my parents, I'm very lucky that they are supportive in the things that I do with reason to some extent. Right. Um, but he was, we were having a conversation and he basically said, which I was very surprised, hey, there are, there are actors, there are dancers and, and somebody has to do that. So why can't you be that somebody? You know, somebody is going to have to do that. Right. It's not just a a mythical person. That is a human being doing that. Right. So you have every reason to be there and to be doing what you want to do. There's no, it may seem like a far reach, but again, somebody has to do it. Right. I think that's a great comment and very true and something that we often forget. Another thing that we should probably mention is that every single day of the week, Hard work is going to beat talent. Yes. Because if you were born naturally gifted with the ability to play the violin, I promise you that 
the kid that has absolutely no natural talent that practices every day, three hours a day, just molding and, and mending his craft will outbeat the violinist with natural talent every single day of the week. Every single I day. I would put my bet on the kid that puts in the hard work time and time again. I would place my bet on him every single time. Yeah, same here. And the same with other industry people that I've met, not not only actors, musicians, whatever, but like industry people that are directors, that are producers, that are casting directors. I've talked to these people and they will say every single time, it's the kid that puts in the hard work that they want to work with. That's there, that's genuine, that's that can take direction well, and that really knows the craft and has spent that time working. Then some kid that comes in that is just you know, born with it. That has a chip on his shoulder. That has almost. a chip on his shoulder about it. So I think that's one, that's another thing to keep in mind is that even when you get up to levels of a master, hard work is essential. I read somewhere that I think it was Josh Groban that even to this day practices six hours a day. Which is insane, especially insane. at his level. Exactly. Exactly. But even the masters do it. Yeah. Like, so why shouldn't we? Exactly. You, and I think you owe it to yourself. Like if, if, you have a creative endeavor that you really want to pursue, then it should it should almost be like a, like a pleasure to do it. It shouldn't be right. seen as, you know, granted, and it's going to get hard. That's kind of the point. And there are days but, when it's going to be annoying and you're not going to want to do it. That just comes with the territory. Yeah. And you need to take care of yourself accordingly when that when that when you do cross that bridge. Right. And I think it's important to notice that like when you do need a break, like. You shouldn't feel as if you have to do something eight hours a day to love it and be good at it, you right. know, et cetera. But at the same time, I think that's almost like an ode to your craft is to be able to notice that. Yeah. And be able to react accordingly. Like if you only have 10 minutes a day to play the guitar, I can promise you that putting in 10 minutes a day is a lot better than not picking it up at all. Yeah, I fully agree. You or know. for or burning yourself out the one day of the week for eight hours practicing because you feel guilty you haven't done anything the rest of the week. That ten minutes, you know, every day or whatever, that's going to go a lot further than trying to cram it all in because you feel guilty. And again, it goes back to your self love. That's not loving yourself and loving your craft and loving your artist self, yeah. you know, in your craft. Yeah. It's like Hard work is a, or I should say, talent is a garnish to hard work. Absolutely. Every time. Absolutely. It's great to have natural talent, but if you are willing to put in the work and really pursue it as a career, then you are going to be a lot better off than the person that was just born with natural talent. And granted, there are exceptions. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not what we're talking about here. Right. We're talking about the rule. That's one thing that I've always told... um, I've had a couple of students that I've taught acting and everything like that. And that's one thing that I always used to tell them was that for me personally, I've always seen myself as having zero talent whatsoever and that every single step, every single thing, every single project, I was going to have to get through pure hard work alone. And that way, the talent is a garnish. It's like the icing on the cake. If you do have it or when you do have it, it's going to make you shine that much brighter. But if you're already putting in the hard work to make yourself shine bright... It's just going to illuminate you that much more in the room, on the stage, behind the camera. Yeah, definitely. So I think what we're really trying to say here is in everything that you want to do, creative or otherwise, just do it. Absolutely. Just do it as much as you can without burning yourself out. Like As much as you want? Yeah, as much as you 
genuinely want to do it as much as you get pleasure from it just go after it just do it other people's opinions don't matter your parents opinions don't matter your friends opinions don't matter family anything like that Absolutely. what matters is your happiness the joy that you're getting from it and whatever you choose to do with it good great Absolutely. if you want to do it as a hobby awesome do it as a hobby if you want to do it for the rest of your life absolutely do it find a way to do it absolutely for the rest of your life even if you don't make it a career yeah like we've been saying and and granted rich and i both have great families that have been very supportive of what we've been doing uh which is fantastic but we've also come up against the those people that have those doubts plenty yes many of those that look at you with pity or what are you doing so lots of close friends too lots of close and family members you know some they just kind of look at you like oh like that's cool wow you're you're throwing your life away that's awesome exactly like well not exactly but guys if that's something that you want to do if that's something that's again like we talked about earlier within your soul that's really been embedded within you it's something that is on your path. I really am encouraging you guys, just try it. Just do it. It's it's incredibly important. And I agree, that is incredibly important. So on that note, that's actually all the time that we have this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're so happy to bring you our very first episode ever and to continue bringing you episodes every Sunday night. Feel free to tune in, we'll be here. Be sure to throw us your comments, any questions that you may have. And actually, while you're at it, we would absolutely love it if you could send in your first creative experience story. And we can go ahead and start next week's episode with a few of those, if you don't mind, of course. <laughs> Overdramatic is a sort of community. We'd love to engage with you guys and to really feel like this is home, this is home for yeah. you guys and for us as well. Bring everything full circle because the world is so much smaller than you think. So with that being said, I'm Rich. I'm Matt. And this is Overdramatic, Overdramatic. Tales of a Starving Artist.